everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode of Where the Fuck the Popcorn Bags, the podcast where we review a movie, but not before we give you our expectations and then go watch it while we eat some snacks and get a little high. I am the one and only Mantis Toboggan, and I'm a toxic bitch. And I'm Brianna, and I would sell my firstborn for someone to bring me some chilies right now. It's cold and it's snowy, and today we'll be watching Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman is written and directed by Emerald Fennel and stars Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, and Allison Brie. Before we get into the movie of the night, however, Brianna and I are going to talk about our excitement levels and discuss some things we learned about the movie while lazily scanning the internet. It's also Super Bowl Sunday. Go Bucks! Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> right now, though, Brianna, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it on over to Marjo's basement. Let me just let me just. <clears throat> Marjo, Marjo, are you in here? No. Oh, come on, Marjo. You gotta you gotta tell all the people about all the good stuff we're doing. Give us the headlines. No, I don't want to. You're being mean. Come on, Marjo. Just just do me a favor. Let everybody know what's going on. I don't, I don't want to. You keep me in the basement and you don't give me a fresh fish. It's always a day old fish. Come on. No. Alright, fine. Just gotta close the door, Brianna, and leave Marjo in the basement if he doesn't want to cooperate. You feel me? I feel you. Tidbits! Titties! Promising young woman. Directed by Emerald Fennel, she wrote the screenplay in 2017 and sold it to Margot Robbie's production company, Lucky Chap Entertainment. <coughs> it's a look. <laughs> Bam! Emerald. Emerald in the mix. Bam! Uh, Emerald was inspired to write it after noticing how unaware men are of sexual assault, which I don't think is true at all, Brianna. I, uh, I just know that if it happened all that much, I would see it. So. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> No, but seriously, she said a dinner party inspired it uh, because women were sharing stories of just being harassed and assaulted in a very uh, real way. And the men were baffled. And I got to tell you, when I was younger and you start when you first start hearing about these kind of stories and women just casually talking about, oh, yeah, this is happening to me. This is happening to me. This is happening to me. And you're like, what the fuck is going on with people like men? What the fuck is going on with dudes? Like they're just. They're just the weirdest fucking people sometimes, man. Like, I really, I really don't get it. So I think that is not a hot take at all to think that men are unaware of the amount of sexual assault that goes on in America. That's, that's a fact. I don't think it's that men are unaware. I think that they're just uneducated about it and they don't want to talk about it. That's fair. So I don't fully, because as a part-time feminist, I don't fully blame men or women for this. I think it's coming from both sides and we need to... We need to open everyone's eyes. Have you ever experienced harassment? Just a, a whistling or somebody touching your butt or something like that? Of course. I worked in kitchens. That's like where right. it st- stems from. Fucked up. And it still happens. Even though everyone like the hashtag me too, it still happens all the time. So you're geared up for this movie. You're ready to see some, some, some heads roll. Girl, I'm ready for some just, yeah. Okay. I don't want to get, I don't want to get violent, but yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> So before this, Emerald Fennel was the showrunner for the second season of Killing Eve. Uh, apparently, she's really good friends with Phoebe Waller-Bridge because Phoebe Waller-Bridge hired her to take her place. Uh, she also plays Camilla Parker Bowles on The Crown. So British people are just all over the place. She's They're just talented. They just direct. They write shows. They write movies. They're Camilla Parker Bowles. She also grew up super rich, though. 
like super rich. Her dad is the founder of a public company in England that makes trophies for like the Grand Prix and shit like that. What? So yeah, she grew up with money. She grew up in England. She went to Oxford. Margot Robbie chose Carrie Mulligan for the lead role over herself. Margot Robbie obviously could have played the the titular role, but she didn't. Uh, I guess there's been some controversy behind that, though. Some dude that wrote for Variety said Carrie Mulligan wasn't, like, hot enough for the role, and he wanted to see Margot Robbie seducing guys because it was more believable because she's more attractive. And so I looked at this... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the point of saying that about this movie? I I looked this dude up, okay, and I'm not going to give him the credit of saying his fucking name, but he's a creepy ginger jerk-off stalker. Like, if I've ever seen one. Like, go fuck yourself, bro, you sexist cunt. Like, this dude was just the rattiest looking cunt bag you could possibly imagine. So, it absolutely makes sense that somebody like that would say that. Completely missing the point of the movie, bro. Like, you write for Variety? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Within this movie, making appearances also are Connie Britton, Adam Brody, Jennifer Coolidge, my probably my first crush, Stifler's mom, when I was like eight. I wanted to, I wanted to be with her so bad. Laverne Cox, uh, who I've never had a uh, sexual fantasy about, but I do think is a good actor. Max Greenfield, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, love him. Come on, McLovin. Sam Richardson, who I think is f- uh, hysterical. And Molly Shannon, who is a treasure. Um, they're all in this. So that's it's a good cast. Yeah, overall, just a it's a great. it's a lot of funny people. I'm assuming Christopher Mintz-Plasse and, and Sam Richardson. I'm assuming the men are gonna gonna be the ones that like Adam Brody. No way, Adam Brody doesn't get murdered in this, right? I think Bo Burnham's gonna get murdered. Ooh, I'd love to see it. But I don't know. I think he might be a good guy. Yeah, we'll see. Principal photography began on March 26th of 2019, and it only lasted 23 days, Brianna. And I know I've mentioned this before, <laughs> but it this really goes. I knew you were really gonna say how much about I that. don't know. <laughs> about hollywood like how can you film a full fucking movie in 23 days it doesn't even make sense to me i don't even understand that like i i really don't get it what do you uh, think i, I really like, have to look further in. i don't know what man. do you like, think is an average days? time like, i would think six months i don't know i'm just a pleb <laughs> I, i'm a fucking i'm a random okay. guy from massachusetts like i don't know how long movie shoots take like as like a a normal like just movie novice i think 23 days seems fast but i'm thinking really in reality it's probably like two months of actual filming and then the entire process takes a long time that could take up to like five six months refining but like other than that i really don't think shooting like takes that long unless we're shooting like the hobbit or something but you know that's not happening yeah again. you're right i but i read that and i was like oh my god he's gonna say something about it i know he's gonna say something <laughs> it's just baffling i don't get it uh at the time of this recording brianna it has a 7.5 out of 10 on imdb based on twenty-seven thousand three hundred and fifty-nine reviews it has a 91 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes based on 312 reviews and it has an 88% audience score based on more than 250 reviews as well on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 72% on Metacritic, but fuck off Metacritic, you stupid cunt. It's probably Metacritic is probably founded by the same guy who writes for Variety that wrote that article. I bet they're all in the same hood. Yeah, 86% of Google users like this movie. No one cares. IMDb like really doesn't give That's people... because IMDb is like Wikipedia and anybody can contribute to it. And so it's just like a bunch of nerds like us. 
that are writing reviews and like they think that they're really serious because like I don't know maybe they think one day like Emerald Fennel's gonna read that and be like oh my gosh like let me try to contact them it was so touching that they wrote that about me and it's like that's never gonna happen mm-hmm. goodbye so 91% on on uh in 88 on on Rotten Tomatoes that's uh that seems more realistic with how much hype I've heard about this movie. The 7.5 for IMDb, you're right. Just a bunch of basement basement dwellers being like, fuck this movie. I I got to look into the reviews and see how see how many people comment on the, like, the, oh, this is sexist for men. And see how many people say that kind of <laughs> shit. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, not like not like Godzilla vs. King Kong excited, but I think it'll be all right. Uh, it's supposed to be an Oscar contender. That's why we're watching it, even though it came out in 2020. We'll see how it goes. Brianna, what do you what do you think? I don't know. I feel like I've been thinking about this since like episode one and then I've just had to wait for it to come out. So now that it's here, I'm ready for it. Also, I read that Emerald Fennel is a huge Britney Spears fan, and so pff, I already know this movie's just gonna slap. Ooh. Probably why that was in the trailer. But I'm ready. I'm ready. Ooh. Ooh. Alright, hit me with the synopsis while I pack my bong. Ready? Yep. Everyone said Cassie was a promising young woman until a mysterious event abruptly derailed her future. Now she has a chance to right the wrongs of the past. Alright, have them packed. And in three, two, one. Then we're back. From watching a promising young woman... Shout out to all my girl bosses, my fellow CEOs in the house. Are you trying to be on our side now? I am. You think you're an ally? I'm an ally. <laughs> Brianna, why don't you take it away? I'll let you take it away today, considering oh, the topic. After 30 episodes, now you want me to take it away? Okay. Yeah, only this one episode, though. Never again after. Yeah, no, It's fine. What did you think about Promising Young Woman? There literally was nothing about this movie that I did not like. I can't believe I had to wait until last summer to finally see it, but Brianna is pleased. 11 out of 10. <laughs> wow. I I agree 100%. Uh, not a lot I didn't like about this movie. There were a few things that made me raise my eyebrow that I will get into in the spoiler zone. Uh, the first half of the movie wasn't slow, but there were points that left me wanting, but they paid off in the end. So everything you're sitting there in the ha- first half of the movie, you're like, oh, I fucking want more of X, Y, and Z. And then at the end, they give you they give you more of X, Y, and Z. I was hoping for more violence, Brianna. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. There wasn't as much violence as, uh, I guess, not as I was promised. I, I just assumed. You weren't promised anything, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I wasn't promised anything. I, I just thought, I just assumed there was going to be violence based on the tone of the movie. It, ha- it hit all the right notes structurally, though. I loved the directing. Emerald uh, Fennel is fantastic. She's really good at what she does. Um, it was like a white woman's version of Get Out at points. That's the that's kind of the the directing, the the tone of the movie you're getting, uh, editing wise and structurally and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Not structurally, but editing wise. I loved it. I want to watch it again. Yeah. So movies that I really like, it's tough for me once we get on the podcast because I'm not sitting here just teeming with thoughts and all this like good stuff to say. I'm just sitting here thinking about the movie. Um, and that's why we kind of like to do it right after the movie because you get our genuine reactions. And right now, I'm, I'm, I'm just left with a lot of thought. It was really, really good. It was so enjoyable. I don't have 
um, a lot of negative things to say about it, but uh, Brian, I, I, I mostly just when we watch a good movie, Brianna, I just really want to know what like you thought about different different points of the movie. Like what, like let's just go through it. Like acting, acting, A plus. Um, directing, A plus. What do you think of the screenplay? A plus. A plus all around. It was really well shot, but like the cinematography was really well functioning. The style of movie I feel like is going to become more popular as time goes on. I see why it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. It's not necessarily a Oscar movie in the in the natch in the in the normal sense of the word, but it is definitely something that I feel like will get more a, a movie a type of movie that will get more attention as the years progress. I think that these are the type of directors. Emerald Fennel's thirty five years old. We're gonna start only seeing really well shot movies by millennials, and uh, I don't want to say that millennials have a certain tone because that's ignorant. But I think that our generation has a um, obviously has a different viewpoint on things than other generations. I th- I feel like that's natural. So I think that movies like this, um, and I by by like this I mean movies that are uh, kind of intense social commentary but also movies that are shot in this particular style. Uh, and if you see the movie, you'll know exactly what I mean. Do you have anything else to say, Brianna? Like, what are, any, any other thoughts? Like, no, I literally don't have anything bad to say about it. I know. Everyone is shook about that. And you followed the whole time? You knew exactly what was going on at every moment? I did, and you know what? I'm not going to lie. I looked at my phone a few times, but there's nothing... Since it's not like an action movie, it's not like I have to stare at the TV the entire time. Yes, uh, I, I I agree. The Like I said, the first part of the movie, there were points in times where I was like, all right, uh, very shortly, um, you know, a couple minutes, uh, my attention span is not what it used to be. I don't think anybody's attention span is what it used to be. At one point, I got up and looked out the window in my kitchen, so it's really nothing like you need to be glued to it the entire time. Yeah, it's someone <laughs> like a bitch out here right now, people. Up in the it up is. in the bean town, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. It's a snowy mofo out there. It's a snowy thick boy, thick boy snowflakes. <laughs> How many popcorn bags are you giving it? I would give it a forty-eight out of fifty. I'm going there. Holy shit! Forty-eight out of fifty popcorn bags. Is that the highest score you've given? Uh huh. I think so. Any of you recommending it? Of course I would. Are you kidding me? I gave it a forty-eight. Anything over a forty for Brianna is an automatic recommend. All right, cool. I respect it. Uh, I'm giving it a forty-four. So okay. an eighty-eight out of a hundred. I uh, really enjoyed it, but there were there were points where I was like, "Come on, give me a little more." There, I, I wanted a little more out of it at points and times, but I'm automatically recommending it. I think it's a phenomenal movie, and I think it's probably uh, top ten of 2020 because it came out in 2020. So I'd probably put it on my top ten of 2020 list if I'm being realistic. Did it feel like it was shot in 23 days? <laughs> yes. No, it didn't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. There was only like four <laughs> places they shot, so it's totally possible. Uh, uh, excuse me, Isimarjo. I would like to say, spoiler zone. <laughs> oh, thanks, Marjo. I appreciate you coming back out and, and, and hitting us. Brianna, favorite parts, least favorite parts. Let's start off with favorite parts. Once again, feminists go first. Carrie Mulligan getting killed at the end. Oh, see, what I, I said feminists go first, so I went first. I, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're you not a feminist. You, I am a feminist. So Favorite according parts. to the movie, feminists like to do anal, so there you go. Ooh, I do like to do anal, but not not on me. Uh, go, <laughs> you don't like to on. be the receiver? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the biggest receiver when it comes to the anal. 
Is is that one of your favorite parts? Was the anal joke? No, I kind of think that goes along with just like the script. There was like just really funny. I mean, it was a dark comedy, but there was really really funny parts in like side of this weird Me Too movie. If, but it was dark. It it was it dark. Was dark. Yeah. It could have been darker. That was my. That's where my points trail off. I was looking for a darker movie. What did you want? I mean, did you want wanted, the penises? You wanted penises cut off. I know it. Yeah, I wanted penises cut off. I wanted to see penises cut off. I was expecting. You wanted some Lorena Bobbitt action. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. But at the end, since we're in the spoiler zone, my favorite part was hands down Carrie Mulligan getting killed at the end. I was not expecting okay, it. I did, um. <laughs> I, did, I did not see it coming. What do you mean? Okay, um. Your, your favorite part shouldn't be someone dying. I mean, it, but like it was intense. Like, and 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 her getting killed set off this crazy chain of reactions that ended up getting the man who raped her friend in college arrested. I was just hoping for more dick chopping because people deserved it in the movie. Mm-hmm. I guess. Like I, I guess like, I don't know. Like I just wanna. I think a sweeter revenge is definitely what happened at the end. I mean, yeah, you would love to see, like, I don't know. I think we would love to see someone's dick get cut off. But at the same time, you know, sometimes violence is not always the answer. That's fair. But yeah, I would have wanted to see some balls and dick just flying. So essentially the point of the movie is Carrie Mulligan is uh, going around the city and pretending to be drunk and going home with guys and then not pretending to be drunk anymore when they try to fuck her. And then she's like, teaches them a lesson about not trying to fuck chicks while they're drunk because she has trauma from her friend getting raped in college and it was taped. And there's a whole, a whole thing behind that. So at the end of the movie, she goes to a bachelor party of the guy who raped her friend and she tries to carve her name into his stomach. And, uh, he actually ends up flipping her and suffocating her to death, which you don't see coming at all. Like, I'm sorry, but I did not fucking see that coming. I thought the whole time she I was I didn't playing, think that little pussy could do it. And he was like, he like murdered the shit out of her. And then, the whole, and then right after that, you're just like, fuck, man. Like, fuck, this sucks. Like, fuck. Like, I just wanted him to like, to get carved up and die. And then he ends up getting arrested. But I don't know. I could I wanted more, man. If you're going to make it a dark comedy, like fucking kill some motherfuckers, man. Like shit. Kill some fucking well, people. he's probably going to be considered a feminist in prison, so uh, I think he'll get some <laughs> some nice treatment in there. <laughs> Man, when they uh, they were burning her body at the end, and the and Schmitty from oh, that was the, gross. The new the new girl like kicked her hand into the flames. I was like, oh, that nails was that so... was like a death. Well, it was shot in twenty three days. It was probably literally the same nail. Yeah, her nails were perfect the whole time. You really liked her nails. I was reading about how, like, her makeup and her wardrobe, like, really went along with what kind of person she was and how, like, when she went out in her her disguises, she was, like, a spy and she was just using, like, her clothes to, like, to change her persona. But then in real life, she would wear, like, pastel colors. But in reality, she was, like, just hiding the fact that she was just so fucked up. Yeah, she 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 was very, like, quaint when she wasn't out, like, seducing people. I think she watched To Catch a Predator too many times, and she, like, took it too literally. But I like it. What do you got for least favorite parts? I don't have any least favorite parts. I liked the soundtrack. I liked the script. I liked Bo Burnham right up until I didn't like him. And then I really liked oh, Cassie's Bo parents' Burnham's house. such a disappointment in this movie. I was, my heart, like, broke. I was like, no, but why? Why so did you do that? What the fuck, man? 
Like, holy shit. But he, yeah, I liked her he ends parents' up, he, he ends up being the one that filmed <laughs> Carrie Mulligan's friend getting raped in college. Was and, like, he, he the fi- filmer? Or he was, was he one just of the, part of it? He was, like, one of the filmings. Filmers. Or he was a part of it. Either way, like, he was, like, on the tape. Not raping her, but he was watching. And she was going out with him. And she thought he was, you like, You actually alone. don't know. Because yeah, you, you never actually, see I, the video. So you actually don't video. know if he is. But you hear it. You hear the whooping. You hear his whoop, voice. Whoop. Yeah. So disappointing. Totally did not see that coming. You said you liked the soundtrack. My least favorite part was the awful Paris Hilton montage. There was a whole montage. Excuse about... me. There was one Paris Hilton song. One. Because she only has one song. No, but there was the. But it was over a montage of Carrie Mulligan and Bo Burnham's characters getting to know each other and becoming a, a couple. The Paris Hilton was over that montage, and I hated that montage. But now that I think about it, I wonder if it was placed in there because they wanted us to feel like nothing was going to go wrong. Like it, it was, if it was planted in order to make you seem like, oh, this is a normal part of a movie. We get a montage about these two people falling in love. It was definitely there for that reason. Like it was really corny. Oh, it was definitely corny, but like it needed to be there because yeah. The first two times that you see Carrie Mulligan with a guy, like, she's seducing him, and then she's like, hey, like, I'm gonna fuck you up later. But when we meet Bo Burnham, she has, like, a few different checkpoints where she's like, is this guy okay? Like, is he normal? Like, can I trust him? And then we finally, like, see her trust him, and they have this cute little montage with Paris Hilton songs playing over, and we're like, okay, like, he's cool. We're all good. It's fine. No big deal. He's not a creep like the other guys. And then poof. That's that's poof. how they started off the movie. Adrian Brody was this nice guy, and I was even like, oh man, I was nope, I was wrong was, about was Adrian Adam Brody. Brody. He's gonna Adam Brody, Adrian Brody, <laughs> Adam. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Adrian Brody in this role too, though. Uh, Adam Brody, I was like, oh shit, I'm wrong. He's gonna be like this nice guy that takes her home, and he ends up being the first victim. I called it. I told you. I like how they started the movie because you don't know if she kills him or not. Yeah, because you think in your head, like, you're like, she's a killer. <laughs> and she's not. I was hoping for more killing, but that, I'm just a weirdo. I'm kind of sadistic like that, so what can I say? That would be, like, a darker version. Mm-hmm. Very dark comedy, funny, enjoyable, loved how it Actually, ended. Actually, I think the dark version of that is um, the movie with Charlize Theron about Alien. I think that's the real dark version of that. That's why we don't want to go there. Ooh, Monster? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ooh, you're right. That's just monster. That would be the dark sequel. If you, if you go full silly Billy on that, it's monster. That's the go watch mon. That's a good fucking movie. Go watch that movie. Love monster. Charlie's Theron's fucking savage in that thing. So I think that was the. This is the last. Uh, this is the cute version of it, the Paris Hilton version. <laughs> but <laughs> the Paris Hilton version. How about the dean? There's a point in time where Carrie Mulligan goes and confronts a dean at a at a school, and she's like, "You didn't believe my friend, Dean. You cunt." And the dean okay. was a terrible actor. I hated that. She was so bad. She's like, tell me where my daughter is, you bitch. Connie Britton's usually like a really good actor. Like she was in American Horror Story. She, she's been in some other things that I can think of. I swear she was in a movie that we saw. And she's usually like fine. But yeah, she was she was pretty stale. I, um, I think that this is a definite nominee and probable winner. This is like a top three probable winner for best... Um, original screenplay i think i think the the screenplay is going to be the 
thing that really sends it over the top. Carrie Mulligan will also get a nomination because she her accent is phenomenal. I mean, you're you're from a different country and you're doing a, a different accent. It's just good acting. It is what it is. She's British and she does an American accent. It's a very basic American accent, but there's not one point in time where you don't think that she is from the United States. Um, and then her acting outside of the accent is phenomenal as well. She plays a really good... She, she plays someone who has uh, PTSD and trauma and uh, anxiety and depression, and she, she plays it really well. Did you have any um, other least favorite parts besides the Paris Hilton montage, you monster? Just that I was hoping for more death. That's, that's pretty much it, but not, not disappointed at all. I thought I was going to be disappointed halfway through the movie. I was like, this movie's going to suck, and then it starts to hit you, and you're like, oh, all the shit's planned. This is a great screenplay. This person's a genius. And that's how I end. That's how I end the review. Emerald Fennel, you're a genius. Thank you for creating this film. Um, and if you're a man, watch this film. And like, this is all this shit's real. Like everything that these dudes do, you've heard from a buddy. That's just a fact. It's just 100% a fact. Did you watch anything else that was maybe a little lighter than this, Brianna, or darker? I guess. Did you watch Monster this week? Um. What else did you watch? That's the that's the review by by the way, everybody. That's the promising young woman review. Go watch it. Enjoy. I watched a new movie from 2017. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's new in my eyes. It's called Humor Me. What's it about? And it stars it stars Jermaine Clement as a really sad middle-aged screenwriter or playwriter where his wife dumps him and he has to go move in with his dad in oh, a retirement community. That and honestly, funny. retirement communities look pretty lit. I am pretty excited. Was it funny? <laughs> It was funny, and then there was, it was a drama, probably, like a drama comedy. Okay. But it was funny, and then it had some sad parts. But mostly funny. I liked it. I don't think I'll ever see it again. Okay. How many popcorn bags would you give he, it? Well, Jermaine Clement has an American accent, so it's kind of a bummer. Uh, <laughs> I like his accent, his normal accent. Yeah. And he has a good American accent, too, considering he has such a thick um, New Zealand accent that I was like, oh, dang. Anyway, I would give it. Uh, like a 30 out of 50 popcorn bags. Nothing extravagant. Nothing like the other thing that I watched, the Britney Spears New York Times Magazine thing cover oh, on that? her in hashtag free Britney. Oh my gosh, I was in my room last night just like, oh my god. Is it it's Poor all Britney. crazy? It's crazy. It's like nuts, right? Oh, it was so good. It literally starts from like the beginning of her like career obviously the beginning of it it's like pretty normal everything's fine and like that goes pretty quickly but then we get into like where she shaves her head and like it's just like whoa this is so crazy and then to see it from like we all just saw it as normal americans like wow britney fucking lost her mind she's walking around barefoot in gas stations and she shaved her head but there's like this whole other side to it where you're seeing it like happening to her and you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god poor britney that's bananas. I I, I, I would I give that a that. 50 out of 50. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you watch anything? Yeah, I, I, I did. I went to Sundance. You didn't go. <laughs> uh, well, I, I went virtually. I attended Wednesday, the Winter Circle. I watched 10 movies. It was very enjoyable. I watched some good ones. I watched some okay ones. Uh, I have them. I'm going to go through them right now, just just r- rather quickly. I'm going to give you the names and uh, kind of like a brief description and then and then my and then my rating. Um, first movie I watched was at 10 a.m. It was called CryptoZoo. It was fucking so weird. It was an animated movie about, uh, I, I can't, I, 
it's about it's an animated movie about a a group of a woman who who goes around the world and she saves mythical animals and then brings them back to her like zoo she's got this crazy zoo but it's not supposed to be like a bad zoo it's supposed to be a good zoo and then all the animals end up breaking out of the zoo and 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 fucking a bunch of people up michael sarah's in it lake bell is in it it was it was very interesting the the animation is what really makes it cool. Um, definitely, some, if you're into animation, definitely something to go check out. I gave it a 25 out of 50 popcorn bags. The second... <laughs> Glowing. <laughs> yeah. The, the second movie I watched was called Cusp. It was a documentary. It was about three teenage girls living just a, their, the summer, living the summer life in this random town in the middle of Texas. This small-ass town with like 1,200 people. I watched that with my girlfriend. That was enjoyable. I gave that a 20 out of 50 popcorn bags. It was just, there was just really no like story within the documentary. It was enjoyable film because I really like real life stuff like that. But it was just about three teenage girls. My girlfriend, we watched it with my girlfriend. Maybe she'll, she would have given it a higher popcorn bag rating. The third movie I watched was called Coda. And that movie was fucking good. I gave that a 45 out of 50 popcorn bags. Coda stands for Child of Deaf Adults. And it's all about a girl who lives in Gloucester, Gloucester. She lives in Gloucester and she works on a fishing boat with her family and she wants to go to Berkeley in Boston. And uh, it's just about, it's kind of like a little coming of age tale in her senior year. And it was fucking so good. I had tears in my eyes at least five times while watching the movie. It is a heart wrencher and I'm pretty sure it's going to get nominated for some Oscars. Definitely go watch it as soon as it comes out. The fourth movie I watched was called Flea, Brianna. It was also a documentary. It was about an Afghani refugee who flees Afghanistan and Mm -hmm. goes to Russia and then tries to get to Denmark. And it's just his whole story. But he didn't want to unveil his identity. He's also a gay man. And he didn't want to unveil his identity. So the person doing the documentary drew over the entire film. So it's an animated documentary. It's so interesting to watch and so captivating. I gave that a 35 out of 50 popcorn bags. That was an enjoyable, enjoyable film um, for sure. And just for the record, all of these movies I'm mentioning, they were all award winners at Sundance. So uh, I was lucky enough to get an award winner's pass where you, you can only watch winners. Um, so I didn't have to watch any like shitty, shitty movies, thankfully. The fifth movie I watched was really fucking good. It was called Jockey. It was about a jockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of, Have you ever seen the movie The Wrestler? Yes. It's like that, but with a jockey. <laughs> that's, okay. that's, just like, that, that's the best way I can put it. But very gripping, very emotional, great tone. Uh, I gave that a 37 out of 50 popcorn bags. I think that's going to be that's that's going to make some money too. That Sony picked that up, I believe. Coda by the way sold for 25 million dollars at Sundance. It was the highest selling Sundance picture ever. Um the sixth movie I watched was called Hive. That was about a woman in Kosovo who makes like pepper sauce and like she got like she's <laughs> Well, her, her husband got taken away by the Kosovan military and all these women in the village all had their husbands stolen from them. So they all decide to start making like pepper sauce and making their own money for them. And the whole village is like, you women are whores because you're making your own money in pepper sauce. And that was pretty good. Uh, that one in the award for best international <laughs> film. Yeah, they were calling it pretty much. And like one of the big climaxes of the movie was she got her pepper sauce like uh, 
shattered. All her jars were shattered. And she almost got raped, but she kicked the guy off. So that was intense, too. I gave that a 36 out of 50 popcorn bags. Um, okay. Yep. The The seventh movie I watched was called On the Count of Three. That might have been my second favorite movie that I watched. Uh, Gerard Carmichael directed it. And it's essentially about a guy who wants to kill himself. And uh, he gets his friend who also wants to kill himself to join in on his plot. And they set off on a day of just fucking craziness. There is some deaths. That was really good. <laughs> I gave that a 43 out of 50 popcorn bags. Super dark comedy. That one for best screenplay at Sundance. So I definitely check that out once you're able to watch that on, on demand. Uh, the eighth movie I watched was called Luzu. It was about a father who lives in Malta who gets in on the black market fishing industry to help feed his family. And that was pretty Ooh. good. The acting was really good in that. Yeah, that one for best international acting. I gave that a 35 out of 50 as well. Uh, really enjoyable. Story over, not a lot of great um, acting overall. Not a lot of people involved overall other than the main character. And then there's this one side character, this like Indian guy. He's, he's really awesome. The ninth movie I watched was called Son of the Monarch. And that was about a biologist in New York who grew up in a town in Mexico where monarchs are very prevalent. And it was just like kind of... Uh, a monarchs like the butterfly yeah like the butterfly and it was okay. a story about him co- coping with his past and how his whole family was lost in a in a flood and only him and his brother survived um and now he kind of lives this full life and at the end like he's got all these butterfly tattoos on him it was it, it's gnarly i gave that a 37 out of 50 popcorn bags um and then the, the very last movie I watched, number 10, it was 1 o'clock in the morning when I started this. I'd already watched nine movies in a row. Uh, shout out to my girlfriend who uh, fed me and took care of me during the day. I really appreciate that, and I love you. Uh, the, the last movie I watched was called One for the Road, Brianna. And you, I think, would have loved and hated this movie. It was about two Thai best friends. Oh, I would have hated it. The one who has stage four cancer, he's dying. And the other's this really self-absorbed bar owner in New York City. And they travel around the country of Thailand visiting the dying friend's old girlfriends so he can, like, say goodbye to them. And then at the very end, he, like, his his last gift is to the friend and he's trying to, like, he's like, I want to return your old girlfriend that, like, was stolen from you. It was, like, such a bizarre anti-feminist movie. Um, I did tear up at the end, but I think it was because it was 3.30 in the morning, and I just watched 10 movies in a row, and, like, at the very end of the movie, on the screen, it said, like, for Luke. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the dying oh. friend was, the dying friend was, like, driving off, and it was said, for Luke, and I was like, oh, that's, like, a heart-wrencher. But other than that, it was, it was pretty weird. I'd actually love to have you watch that movie and get your take on it. It was... It was quite interesting. Is it in English? It, it is not. It is subtitled. Uh, there are parts in the movie, though, where they do speak in English because it's set in New York City during cer- certain points. Uh, okay. But I gave that a 32 out of 50 popcorn bags. Okay. And, yeah, and those are the movies that I watched last week. I, uh, I can't I believe you watched that many movies in one day. In one fucking day, dude. Like, fucking gnarly. It, it, it drained me. Like, the next day, I couldn't even look at a screen. I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I didn't watch any TV for, like, two days. 
Um, but yeah, that's all. That's those are the Sundance movies I watched. Not not any bad movies. Couple like iffy movies though, where you're like, eh, man, this is <laughs> this is not very good. <laughs> but it's not bad. It's a lot of you could tell a lot of effort was put into the movie itself, but it just didn't really work out. There's Sundance movies. Like some of them come out and they're really great, like Promising Young Woman, and then some of them you're like, you're never gonna hear about ever again. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That was definitely the longest uh, segment we've had where we've talked about movies we've watched, though. But I felt it was pertinent because they're they're newer movies. You're going to start hearing about them over the next year or so. So get ahead of the curve. Uh, anything under uh, 35, you can probably p- uh, pass on. Headlines! <laughs> which was like half of them. <laughs> yeah, which was half of them. Headlines! Extra, extra, read all about it! Brianna, uh, Headlines. rapper Lil... Rapper Lil Yachty to produce and possibly star in action action in, in new action comedy heist based on card game Uno. Oh, that's not my headline. I guess we don't have the same one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. Um, I mean, once you said Lil Yachty and then you mentioned Uno, it was kind of like it wasn't obvious, but I was like, oh, that's not that weird. Okay. This is a weird dude, but but all right. Let's go back and forth here. You give me one, I'll give you one. Well, because Brianna's lazy and, you know, she just can't lazily scan the internet if she's feeling super lazy, I was actually binge-watching the Night Stalker special on Netflix, and so I really only got one piece of movie news slash headline, and it's that there's going to be a Blade reboot. Oh, I saw that by, yeah, by the woman who who wrote for Watchmen the new the new one on hbo so that should be pretty good that was that was really well written yes and that was the only thing i have with mahershala i'm on episode i'm almost on the last episode of the four-part series of the night stalker so pretty good what do you think of it (laughs) oh well i mean if you want to talk about violence after seeing the night stalker special you're not gonna wanna yeah i watched the first episode of that one I was like, whoa. That woman talked about how as a little girl, he stole her from his room and then just raped her for three days and then dropped her off at a gas station. I was like, oh, Yeah, the next two episodes after that are pretty, they're pretty tough um, because they do show a lot of like the real crime scene photos. And like, I'm okay with that kind of stuff. But it was like, oh, geez. And then we watched Promising Young Woman and I was like, oh, and then you were like, I really wanted to see some violence. And I was like, I think I've seen enough for today. Like, that's cool. (laughs) I'm good. Speaking of violence, Army Hammer got dropped by his agency. Did you? This is this is not funny. I don't know why I just laughed. It was a nervous laugh. But did you see that Timothy Chalamet and the guy who directed Call Me by Your Name were like starting production on like a cannibal movie? Oh no! I didn't see that. I wanted I wanted to mention that last week, but I forgot. But it was like, yeah. Is Army Hammer gonna be in it? <laughs> No, it was like director of Call Me By Your Name and Timothy Chalamet are starring in a movie about cannibals and they were like, Army Hammer is not involved. (laughs) (laughs) What a weirdo. He's not even going to be in any movies anymore. You can't get dropped by your agency, bro. He's like, like what? I think that that is like absolutely astonishing. Does he not know how Instagram works? Does he not know that these things can be saved? Like... (sighs) That's even. That's not even the biggest fail of this week. The biggest fail of this week is that I found out they're making three more Fantastic Beasts movies, and I couldn't be more angered by it. Just, what are you doing? Why? Uh, wh- why do you need to make three more Fantastic Beasts movies? 
who wanted that? Who asked for that? The last one made like $400 million, so that's why they're making a third one. But I thought it was going to stop at the third one. There's four and five in the works. I thought the third one was just made because like it was already like part of the series. I didn't think they were going to go on after that. There, there's, there's fucking more in the works. There's no need for this bullshit. I guess they could do it VOD, though. They could just film it and VOD it. Put it on Ew, HBO Max. Cause it's, I just went... They're farts. No, I said, what's the point? I knew what that was. Oh, what's the point? There's no point to give Eddie Redmayne, who hasn't been in good since he was Stephen Hawking. He was Stephen Hawking. He was that one thing. Eddie Redmayne was one fucking thing. He was Stephen Hawking and then nothing. That's it. He's never done anything else ever. Did you ever see the movie um, where he goes through the first gender reassignment surgery? Oh, yeah, I did see that movie. That movie was good. I liked it. You did? You did? I did, but I didn't think, like, we needed to put him in. It was the transgender movie and, and Stephen Hawking. But where has he been the last five years? Just shooting fucking Fantastic Beast movies? Fantastic Beast. Whatever. I'm angry. Oh, probably. God, Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I won't even bring up that movie. He was in a really bad movie. <laughs> what movie? I think he's just, he's been making some really interesting choices after he was Stephen Hawking and the gender reassignment guy. Like, did he after win that, for I think Hawking? he was just like, what? Did he win for Stephen Hawking? Hell yeah, he did. Pretty much anyone that um, plays like a real life person is like a guaranteed like shoe in for an Oscar. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he won. He won. He has an Academy Award, a Tony, and a Golden Globe. That's pretty good. So I guess he just doesn't give any fucks, and that's why he's just picking these movies now. Well, fuck you, Eddie Redmayne. Prove me (laughs) wrong. Next week, we'll be watching Judas and the Black Messiah. It's going to be on HBO Max, Brianna. Seems like a real easy movie to to put down after this one. Just kidding. It's probably going to be kind of intense. I actually don't know for sure. It does look good, though. It just sold for a lot of money at Sundance as well. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. We love you. Or thank you very much for listening, everybody. We love you. Hit us up on Instagram, on Twitter, on Discord. Hit up our Gmail. Go check out our YouTube. If you don't go check out our YouTube, Marjo stays in the fucking basement. All right? Bye. We love you. Brianna, say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, Beans. Bye. Bye. Bye.